could do. Making a reveal. Making a reveal. Uh, this is your host and random Canadian, Larry Parsons, and uh, you found your way to an interesting episode here. Uh, my guest this week is the charming Anita Massé, and uh, she and I don't know each other very well. Unlike most of my guests, we have not spent years watching genre movies together and studying them and yakking about them. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Anita takes in these six highly conflict-oriented films. This week's episode is called Verses, and I really hope you enjoy it. As we come to approach our 50th episode of Rankin Review, I just wanted to encourage all of my listeners, please seek us out on iTunes or Facebook. Leave us a positive review on iTunes. A four- or five-star review is just unbelievably helpful to me. And liking the page on Facebook is a real morale booster. This would take just a few seconds of your day. I'm not asking for money, I'm just asking for a couple clicks on the mouse, a couple strokes of the keys, and uh, it helps my show so much if you do that. As usual, I shall warn everyone that there will be spoilers for the six movies discussed, and there may well be some coarse language. There was also quite a bit of wine consumed this evening, so if my voice is a little soft, I'm going to blame the wine. Thank you so much for your time, and enjoy episode 47 of Rank and Review. So here we are with the 47th episode of Rank and Review, and uh, and this is going to be an interesting episode, because uh, typically my guests I know quite well. I mean, it's not like we're complete strangers, Anita, we know each other, but... um, I don't know enough of your background, and we don't have enough history watching movies together for me to have any idea of what your taste Never is. Never watched a be. movie with you. Yeah. So, <laughs> this game could not be possibly rigged. In other scenarios, like my buddies Matt or, or Lee or, or Jeremy, who I've known forever, they could try to rig the game. They could either try to guess what mine would be or deliberately, you know, <laughs> choose against mine to try and win a prize. Because if we do go six for six, or we go zero for six, you're going to walk away with a prize tonight. Woo! Yeah! yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I have with me in the garage Anita Mosse. Yes. I did it. Got okay. it right. Oh, Anita Mosse. Uh, and um, uh, sort of met her through mutual friends, but cool people. And cool people beget cool people, usually, I find. And uh, yeah, just random fate dictates that uh, I catch you in my web. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do this podcast. And. Uh, I gave you a, a big list of things to to consider. What what would your group of movies come from? And uh, you interestingly selected verses. Yes. Um, yes. So this is not another musical episode. No, these are showdowns. These are epic, <laughs> epic films of conflict, uh-huh. and in a lot of cases, sort of the cross pollination of either properties or genres. Um, so. It'll be kind of interesting, because I don't know if you'll have a stake in either fight, if you go in cheering for one or the other, if we're on the same page or not. Um, but I guess that the, the safety net of us going into this as sort of new acquaintances is that I don't think at the end we can, we can, we'll be capable of having any kind of serious conflict, <laughs> because <laughs> we'll be gentle and friendly in this <laughs> with each other. Whereas I will be fully be able to tell Jeremy that he's full of shit. I'm just <laughs> going to be way nicer to you than I would ever be to him. You don't need to be. It's okay. <laughs> it's the versus episode. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's what I wanted to ask you about. Why? What brought your eye to the verses? Oh God, I don't know. I always love just fight scenes. You know, like those episodes where they like, uh, you know, on the Discovery Channel or whatever, where they're like, "What happened if uh, you know a great white shark versus a crocodile?" Those kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're so entertaining, <laughs> and they go through all like the stats of each animal, and yeah, it's super the chance of this happening. Yeah, uh, impossible. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna dedicate forty four minutes of your life to figuring exactly. it out. Exactly. Um, that's interesting. I like, I do like the bare simplicity of it. I mean, we're not going to be bogged down too much in plot synopses here. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought that was kind of an interesting grab. And just generally, we're at a friend of a friend's house and, uh, I, I had the list of the podcast and I was sort of recruiting while I was there. And, um, I didn't, we didn't sort of lock it in that night, but I could tell you were kind of interested in mm-hmm. it. In, so... How did I talk you into this? Or how did you talk yourself into it? <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, God. Well, um, <laughs> I, I just like watching movies. And the chance to, you know, actually critique a movie is something that's very new to me. So, um, I don't know. Something new? Yeah. Something worth a try? Yeah. And you seem like a nice guy, so... Uh, you can't get this wrong. That's what I want to stress with you. I mean, we will agree or disagree, but nothing that you will say will be wrong, <laughs> even if, I, if I'm shaking my head or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> No. So, yeah. Well, let's get into it. I'll, okay. I'm going to list off the movies we will be discussing. We have uh, the oldest by far of the movies in this collection, King Kong versus Godzilla. I want to say 64 was its original release Some, date. Yeah. Sometime in the 60s, 60s, we'll say. Yeah. Professional podcast we've got <laughs> running here. Um, Humans versus Zombies, which is a very low micro-budget zombie movie based on a game that apparently university or college students are playing nowadays. Yes. I must have missed the boat on that one. Live action. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have been nerd, just nerdy enough to almost do that. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be pretty fun yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would probably secure a life of celibacy, but it, I mean... <laughs> um, we have the controversial, in some way, uh, mega-budget Cowboys and Aliens. Mm-hmm. This was not well-received and did not make a big financial return. Um, but it does have its defenders, so we'll discuss... Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, directed by Edgar Wright, a Canadian graphic novel adapted by a British director uh, who brought us the cult classic Shaun of the Dead, um, amongst other things. Um, then we go back to the zombie genre. We've got two zombie entries in this bunch, uh, Cockneys vs. Zombies. So you have to decide who's more indecipherable, the moaning undead or the marble mouth Cockney slang. <laughs> And last but not least, we have AVP, Alien vs. Predator. Mm-hmm. At last, the epic showdown that uh, every every nerd sort of dreamed about. It came to the big screen. We watched it. We're going to talk about it. Is there anything you want to say by way of introduction before we dive into this episode of Rank and Review? Let's do it. Thank you so much for being here. I'm sick of Godzilla. I want my own monster. Find me a monster, fast. Send a wire, immediately. A giant monster? (laughs) He must be putting this on. Is Godzilla coming? Yes. 
He is approaching quickly. Stop him. We must not panic. If there is one thing we cannot afford at this time, it is hysteria. The armed forces will defend Japan. King Kong is my responsibility. Godzilla movies was being a young child and uh, being the only kid in the only person in the house who could understand how to work the time tape function on the VCR. Yeah. So I would mind the TV guides and anything that was airing at you know two in the morning, even on you know the cable stations. It looked halfway interesting. Mm -hmm. I would time tape and record, and of course this was the time where they were airing these old Godzilla movies and. As a kid, I was like, awesome, you know, Godzilla versus Mothra, Godzilla versus whatever, son of Godzilla. Mm -hmm. I'm totally going to tape that, and I'm going to build my week up to this moment of it being <laughs> taped and happy there, watching it first thing in the morning. And sort of what happened to me when I was a kid, uh, which is a very different experience than most people, apparently, mm -hmm. is similar to what happened to me when I sit down to watch King Kong versus Godzilla now in 2015, is that... I'm underwhelmed. I'm just not impressed by the special effects. Even as a child with my very willing suspension of disbelief, these are two guys in costumes going at it very clearly. <laughs> I think there's one very micro-beat moment where they have some stop-motion animation. And, of course, my personal favorite, the superimposed squid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is, you know, in its own way kind of hilarious. Yeah, but yeah. it's fascinating to me because this... Uh, of the series of Godzilla movies in Japan, which were huge money makers, mm -hmm. this was the third entry, and it was the most successful financially of the franchise. Mm -hmm. I believe it remains so as far as the rate of money spent right. towards money made. <laughs> okay. It's kind of amazing to me to think that people lined up around the block again and again to put down their three bucks or whatever <laughs> to watch this movie oh, yeah. and be enthralled by the spectacle <laughs> of it. I guess it's sort of that I grew up in a different age entirely to this, that mm -hmm. these special effects don't necessarily feel sort of quaint and retro to me. They just feel kind of inadequate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. And uh, I wanted to ask specifically if you had a, a, a someone you were cheering for, if you had a dog in this fight. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. Well, no, okay. I have to say I was cheering for King Kong just because he's a mammal. And <laughs> anything reptilian or amphibian in this case, it's a mix. Yeah. We're, we're quite kind of not sure what Godzilla is. It's the right answer, though. I'm a totally a King Kong man yeah. over Godzilla man, yeah. too. Uh, and plus in the lore, at this point, Godzilla wasn't a hero figure yet. It wasn't until the later Versus movies where we started liking and cheering for Godzilla. Yeah. At this point, three movies in, uh, this was actually a tonal shift. This movie was a lot wackier mm -hmm. and more overtly funny mm. than Godzilla yes. had been in the films previous to it. Okay. Controversially, but the, okay. the the money returns sort of you know answered all the questions. Right. Um, but I am a one hundred percent a King Kong, King man. Kong man. I saw the original King Kong, yeah. that stop motion King Kong, when I was a very young kid, mm -hmm. and it was one hundred percent real to me. It did not feel artificial to me, like. Yeah. Even though you can see the fingerprints on the clay models, like it's <laughs> there's just something amazing about the movie. Yeah. And uh, I always loved King Kong. I always thought he got a raw deal. He was just a monkey being a monkey. Yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> he likes beautiful women. Yeah, what indeed. <laughs> we can we, we we can all get behind that to <laughs> totally, a certain degree. Totally. Um, so, and he's got personality, and he's got a, a human sort of a, a aspect to him, right? The simianness of him. Yeah. But I'm always gonna be a a, a, a King Kong man. <laughs> oh, and the presentation of it is really hard too. This version is dubbed, right? Yes. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you got those sort of mushmouth thing and. Uh, the artificial, just the fact that the movie is almost 40-some years old now, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to take in. Did you find that an obstacle? Um, okay, so I normally don't watch, or I haven't watched a lot of older movies. So that was completely kind of new for me. Okay. So I took it with like um, just interest as to how things were done. And <laughs> <laughs> as far as like these huge costumes, you know, they, you know, it wasn't you know, great to the costuming or even um, the settings per se. Um, But I kind of took that as being novel. So I was just kind of enjoying it because I knew it was, I knew I was kind of getting into as far as that goes. Um, So I kind of enjoyed it in some ways. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's how you have to go into this. It's sort of an all so bad it's good thing. Yeah. But at the time, I don't think that this movie was made to be a so bad. I think this was a genuine spectacle. Yeah. Well, and and I can see the work that went into it, too. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of weird and interesting background to it, if you want to get into it. Um, First of all, if we want to put our nerd hats on. Okay, okay. Which I think we are, if we're (laughs) talking about King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, there's a convoluted reason why King Kong and Godzilla will get together that we can gloss over. <laughs> but yeah. Basically, we have a problem of scale, just basically. Godzilla is the size of a skyscraper, yeah. and King Kong climbs skyscrapers. Know, so right? all of a sudden, you know, we have yeah. this. And apparently the original origins of this, were mm-hmm. they were going to take a license, an American license of an American monster, and have mm-hmm. them fight this Japanese one. Right. The original thought was to license Frankenstein. Oh. Get Dr. Frankenstein to invent a creature okay. that would fight off Godzilla, uh, right? But somewhere this got, either the rights got meshed up or they okay. were different producers, different ideas. Yeah. All of a sudden it became King Kong. And because it had been decades since King Kong hit the screens, it was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. But for such a big deal, I have to say that monkey suit is terrible. It really is. It is significantly worse than the stop motion animation <laughs> version if you ask this person. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> So, well, I've never. This was my very first King Kong oh, really? or Godzilla. The, oh, wow, movie. that's interesting. So this yeah. is your first. This is my first like go at it. Yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. So it was interesting to see. Um, yeah, for sure. I have a fondness for King Kong, and especially like the original classic is. I do think a deserved classic, and it's one of the few movies of that era that I can watch and munch my popcorn and just get mm-hmm. lost in. Okay. And it's not a film school to me. I'm not looking at technique. I'm not mm-hmm. sort of lost in the aesthetic at all. I mm-hmm. just get into this monster movie. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Like especially mm-hmm. like Triceratops or, or uh, Brontosaurus or these. Well, we now do vegetarian dinosaurs mm-hmm. or like picking people out of the water and yeah. swallowing them whole in this, right? It's, yeah. it's amusing. Yeah. And uh, there is an element of that to this too. I did want to make mention of this uh, uh, action scene because the last third of the movie is basically mm-hmm. what deals with the fight. We mm-hmm. get the verses there, mm-hmm. so but we need some sort of uh, fake cataclysm. So yeah. this giant squid attack. <laughs> yeah. And the this less than enlightened portrayal of this tribal village. Yeah, that was that was a great scene. I have to say, <laughs> I really love that. Yeah, the attack with King Kong fighting the yeah the squid that was great. 
Yeah, so you get him in, in this movie. In the original one, you get the feeling like the tribes people are quite terrified of King Kong, mm-hmm. and they offer him sacrifices regularly. Yes. Um, in this one, it seems like he's they're, they're, he's like one of the boys. He's looking after this place. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> so they definitely establish him as sort of a goofy good guy character. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the squid effects, I think, are my favorite bits, like sort of <laughs> quote effect sequence of the movie. Because yeah. it's clearly just like footage of a, a of an actual squid, yeah. and then some really not so convincing <laughs> animated tentacles that would yeah. grab people and yeah. some bad blue screen work. Yeah. But it's deeply charming in some <laughs> it way really too. Is. It really is. <laughs> I yeah. understand why these have sort of like a cult popcorn movie with sort of audience mm-hmm. to them, but I don't feel the need, at least at this point, and I am a person who has a ridiculous movie collection mm-hmm. that I need to go and meticulously hunt down all of the Godzilla movies. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know you do get burned, right? Yeah, yeah. I think especially the Godzilla's franchise is pretty spotty. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that for me, whether or not you're going to get into King Kong versus Godzilla is mm-hmm. if you can get either get into something nostalgic or get into something that's so bad it's good. Because I do not feel any emotional stakes. There's no characters no. that I invest in particularly. No. I would talk to you more about the cast, but I would just totally garble the names of these people, yeah. and uh, most of them are retired at yeah. this point in their yeah. career now. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I did um, was I was just kind of thinking about the acting in yes. this film, and it, I'm not sure if that's just kind of how it was in the 1960s, but it was kind of over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there was a few scenes where, um, who was it? It was... The, the girlfriend of one of the men. <laughs> she was running, and it and Godzilla didn't even seem very close to her, but, she, you know, she was out of breath and fainting, and it was, yeah, it was crazy. There it is, was over the top a little bit. In this sort of period of cinema, there's like a late 50s, early 60s, as yeah. you start to see the change, and we get sort of more traditional, quote, modern-style acting. Okay. But they would recruit a lot of actors from the stage, Oh, okay, and okay. it seemed like they would always be performing for the back of the room, like <laughs> right. they didn't understand the film aesthetic that they were being recorded, and yeah, that right. we can do post on, on audio and stuff like that. Okay. And there was just sort of that aesthetic of the time. I think yeah. that there were certain people that spoke like they were given a newsreel. And I, I didn't <laughs> My job is to come here and give exposition, and yeah, I'll yeah. be killed horribly. Yeah, yeah. My name was Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is not a movie that you can't think too deeply about, but I okay. think we should discuss the okay. fight. Okay, the fight. The fight, the Well, scrap. there was a ding, few ding. kind of fights. <laughs> but the main event fight, I think, at, at the, the end, okay. like um, the title fight, the title match, okay. King Kong versus Godzilla. Because yes. for me, as a fan of King Kong, and by putting up with this, uh, this, this not very good suit, as I discussed, this is a one-way beating for a really, really long time. <laughs> Until all of a sudden, spoilers, kids. <laughs> yes. He grabs hold of some electricity and he uh, Frankenstein's himself, yes. actually, now that I think yeah, about it, there right? You go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he becomes super powerful yeah. and it's more of a, a, a proper fight. Exactly, yeah. But sure. I kind of felt little personal misgivings on, uh, on King Kong being punked for so much of the fight. It's no fair. He was kind of a wuss. He really was, just <laughs> yeah. being ragdolled. And just like throwing rocks. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I guess I get it. I mean, they did make King Kong bigger, but, like, Godzilla's got magical powers, and he breathes fire. And, I know. Like, he's a veteran at this point. Yeah, yeah. He like, really King Kong's a monkey who just likes to hang out in the wilderness. <laughs> and 
It's kind of bummed out there's no other big monkeys anymore. It's kind of lonely, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was one scene in the, the end fight that I was like, oh, yeah, where King Kong, I think, he picks up a tree and he shoves it down. down <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, that's plunger. awesome. It's a plunger move. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's a good one. Um, all in all, I'm, I can't get enthusiastic about this movie, but okay. I mean... If you're in the right mood, if you can make a drinking game out of it, mm-hmm. I will I will sort of shruggingly endorse it yeah. as is is what it is movie. It really is, yeah. Um, yeah, I just I actually overall I kinda liked the movie. Um, I liked just seeing I, I guess I'd like to see the comparison between uh, the movies of this time and today. Um, just even how um, the Japanese per se, we're handling this whole situation of these two monsters coming together in Tokyo, um, you know, by pouring gasoline in the rivers and, yeah. and stuff like that. I just, <laughs> I was like, what? It would sort That's of awesome. go from scene to people drastically overreacting to the yeah. situation to other scenes of people drastically underreacting <laughs> to the situation, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is again, kind of amusing. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about King Kong and Godzilla? Um, nope. That's good. I've played the games. I've prepared without conscious knowledge of my fate. This is it. I've had wet dreams about this day. I'm a hunter. And I'll be damned if I'm ever going to be the hunted. I guess it does kind of represent a form of personal vindication for me. Okay, so this is the first of two zombie features we have here. Humans versus zombies. And as I said in the introduction, apparently this is a game that is played by uh, nerdy college kids on campuses that are very involved. Very rule-oriented. I didn't really get a good grasp of the actual game in the movie. Some of the people in the movie are involved in playing the game, but that's about as deep into the, quote, mythology as we're going to get. Basically, what we are looking at here is a well-packaged, but just dressed up, micro-budget zombie movie. Now, I'm on your side if you're a micro-budget zombie movie. I like zombie movies. I'm a, I'm a horror movie guy. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're trying to make a zombie movie on a low budget does not scare me away. With King Kong vs. Godzilla, we were talking about a movie that to me is kind of in the category of it's so bad it's good. Yes. With this one, and this is just me talking, you can, you can, be, you can disagree, but okay. Humans vs. Zombies is one of these movies that's so bad it's fucking terrible. I will agree with you there. This is sort of like my problem with being like a zombie fan and us being in a zombie renaissance. It's just like every week there's a new zombie title out in the racks out there and the few places that still sell physical copies of movies. And usually they're fairly cheap, you know, and they, you know, got good packaging. And I've been suckered in more than a few times and uh, every now and then you'll find a dime in the rough. But more often than not, you get things that are crappy. Yeah. But I think that this movie almost distinguishes itself in its crappiness. <laughs> yes, I would totally agree with you. It's, There's nothing unique about it at uh, all. No. It's yeah. kind of punishing. Like, it feels really long, and I felt kind of bad oh, yeah. that I, like, 
I assumed that you were not going to like the movie. And then I had this sort of thing and I'm like, well, what if she does? What then? <laughs> what does the conversation become then? Like, yeah. I, I do not want this podcast to be about hate and browbaiting and saying this was fucking stupid and this yeah, was yeah. fucking stupid yeah. and if you like this movie, you're stupid. Right, right. I think that's boring to listen to. Yeah. And, like, I'm not about vitriol. There's plenty of other podcasts for that. Mm-hmm. This movie pisses me off. If it was a person, I would punch it in its face. Yeah. <laughs> I had the same kind of feeling. After I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, this was the worst movie. I just wasted my life away a little bit. <laughs> And you look at it's like a 3.9% score or whatever on oh, IMDb okay. and you're like, oh, but these things are so jaded on IMDb. People are so yeah, you, you reactionary know, with horror chance. movies. There'll be like a bunch of people who give it 10 yeah. and a bunch of people who get it 1 and the yeah. truth ends up being, you know, somewhere in between. Especially with the zombie genre of movies. Yeah. There is a real shortage of likable characters in this mm. movie mm-hmm. or relatable ones. I'm all for the sort of the young, dumb archetype kids that I've seen a hundred times in a hundred mm-hmm. different slasher movies. Mm-hmm. But if this is going to become a survival scenario with stakes, there's got to be somebody I can latch on to. Mm-hmm. If not relate to, at least cheer for. Yeah. None. I, I wanted them all to die. <laughs> and in that, yes. at least, the movie does deliver. It does, yeah. I was quite happy by the ending. Yeah, see, but again, I couldn't even get a feeling of elation. We jumped through this huge spoilers, kids. But, yeah. like, yeah, the fact that everybody dies has zero emotional no. impact. And actually, I was cheering for them to die, so... <laughs> Part of the problem is that I don't think this movie has any real sense of tone. I think... This is obviously, I'm feeling like a bunch of first-timers trying to make a movie. I hope that this is a bunch of first-timers trying to make a movie. Yeah. Because that's how it's come off. It really was. Some of the actors are, like, they're doing the best that they can with the the lines that they are given. Some do better than others. Some are better actors than others. But I'm on their side because I know being on set on the day, that's not easy stuff to do. Yeah. Right? To try and sustain this level of intensity. Yeah. But I don't agree with the sense of humor of the movie when it has it like I don't think it's funny uh, at all and uh, the stares don't work you're not funny when you're trying to be funny and you're not scary when you're trying to be scary exactly and I found myself actually tuning out for much of the dialogue um, yeah, like I was thinking about other things because it just didn't hold it me just at all. Dares you to keep watching? <laughs> it's like, huh. and they were making all, like the plot line itself. I know it, it's not deep, but it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, um, it, the the course of events. The basic. There's some science lab where some experiments are yeah. going off. The experiments run awry. People are turning to zombies. There's a big explosion, mm-hmm. and a zombie washes up on a beach. Mm-hmm. There's a zombie in, uh, evasion. Again, usually I'm all about all of these things. These are yeah. familiar, but to me, not deal-breaker archetypes. No. But there's just nothing exciting about it at all. No. Uh, and you can tell early in the movie, like the first few things, the first woman who gets bitten by the, the zombie in the surf. Yeah. It's not convincingly executed or acted. There's mm-hmm. no stakes to it. You don't care that this person just died. And, like, mm-hmm. that persists through the movie. We have... Uh, uh, this unlikable war veteran security guard protagonist, yes. semi-protagonist, yes. that I just don't understand if we're supposed to like them or if yeah. we're supposed to like him, why we're and, supposed... And is a campus cop supposed to have that many guns? No, no. <laughs> I don't think that's safe. I don't feel safer if this is the dude in charge. Like He's handy to have around yeah. when the zombies come, yeah. but otherwise... 
he was going to kill some kids. Sooner or later, he was going off the map. <laughs> and if you're going to be a conspiracy theorist, yeah. um, you know, get your conspiracies right. Like, his whole idea of how the virus, like, mutated was totally off. Um, I don't know if you looked into this at all, but he, his whole idea that the virus was transferred, you know, he brought in ants and how, you know, there's a, uh, a, well, he said a virus that controls their mind and all this kind of stuff. What, what it actually is, is a fungus. Um, so it cannot be, you know, it, it cannot be related to this kind of virus at all. So that, I hate it when movies, horror movies try to back things up with yeah. bad science. I don't know, and that's just... It's some article that he me. read somewhere of a real thing, so that's going to somehow <laughs> lend credibility to yeah, this. Yeah. I often find, for me, the best solution is to not just, answer the question. No. There are zombies, they have to deal with it. Uh, they may ponder while they're trying to sleep at night why the zombies are there, but it's not going to help them survive the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't feel the stakes here at all. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, um, especially when I watch a zombie movie, um, I really like to see like creative deaths, and mm -hmm. I didn't get any of that. No. Yeah, like you want to see crazy zombies and you know unique things, but I just didn't. Have I have things written down on this okay. note, um, and I'm, this is just to back you up on what you're saying because okay. a lot of this doesn't even make sense to me as I like. Uh, I have like things like weird car scenes, dot, dot, dot. It's just this protracted scene in a car of dialogue. I can't remember what I thought was weird about it. But, okay. but like I was trying to find even bad things to say about it. But yeah. I, the bullet point was that it was just joyless and unexciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was three hours long. Oh, it did. And it I kept really on did. saying, okay, well, obviously <laughs> these guys are new, but, but there's going to be something. There's going to be this scene or this sequence that's going to happen that's going to make all yeah. that's come before redeemed. Yeah. And that scene just does Never not comes. show up. And it, <laughs> no, it's right. disheartening. Yeah. There's a flashback to a scene that happened like four minutes earlier. There's a very brief, like, oh, remember when we had this conversation with just a... I, I can't remember what plot point was being sent in, but instead of giving you the benefit of doubt that you would remember this piece of information, oh, yeah. they actually did an aside and flashed us back. Is to, that to the zombie guide that he was maybe looking at? To, yeah. Like, how do you know if your friend's a zombie kind of yeah. thing? Maybe, yeah. Uh, this movie also brings up uh, an interesting zombie tidbit, and this is for mm -hmm. the hardcore zombie nerds. Okay. It was also mentioned in the much, much better zombie movie, Zombie Land, that this predilection of zombies, you're being particularly vulnerable in a bathroom. Okay. And there's a bathroom kill in this movie, right? Um, um yes. Yes. <laughs> I think most of the, I don't know this as a thing in zombie movies. Okay. It's like news and some of the newer zombie movies are trying to make this a scene that, right. that for some reason bathrooms are a specifically dangerous place and yeah. i just don't know where this is coming from i guess there's the classic feel of being vulnerable when you're in like you know yeah. a, a safe place <laughs> yeah. hopefully but you can sit on the toilet with a shotgun you can you can <laughs> and i don't know why they would be specifically yeah to do it um and Infected people sex is not safe sex. <laughs> totally. I totally agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. They're, you know, trying to bring you everything and they show that there's plenty of side boob and mm, computer violence yeah. and whatnot. But uh, 
the zombie environment is so particularly unsexy. Like, the, oh yeah. And even in like quote serious zombie movies, it's really hard for me to buy any kind of like romantic moment of levity angle. This is yeah. pure survival. Yeah, exactly. If anything, like procreation is like a huge fucking <laughs> obstacle, right? It's you want a little baby with you that's like a little no. crying dinner bell? No. No. Right? No, not at <laughs> no. all. Yeah. Uh, so, again, just trying to force that in, clearly just for the sake of having some boobies yeah, in the movie. Yeah, totally, totally. <sighs> Definitely. And, and again, there's no logic to that character. He knows everything about zombies. He knows yeah. that she's been bit, but he's going to have sex with her yeah. and stay with her and not expect the inevitable to fucking happen <laughs> exactly. to him. And we're supposed to, again, feel something. I know. I'm sorry, again, I feel like I'm rolling over you. Is there anything no. ha uh, ha hateful that you would like to add to this sort of uh, um, punching bag? That we're <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I just didn't understand. Um, I know this is kind of delving into more of the plot line, but I just didn't understand why they would leave the hardware store to go to a church. Um, <laughs> that seemed illogical to me. Um, I don't think, like, it's not a magical place when it comes to zombies. No, it's not yeah. like a vampiric yeah. sort of <laughs> exactly. demonic thing. I, yeah. I don't get that. And then somehow the priest that lived there was um, ex-military and got sprayed somehow that zombies don't like him. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just it did not make sense at all. And that was... It, again, they were, it seemed like they were trying to justify with some kind of science, um, you know, a plot line that just... It didn't hold up, so... Very brutally obvious yeah. setups, like yeah. the, the the redneck security guard saying to the bumbling, not as good security guards, if somebody uh, yeah. like to oh shoot him in the god, face. Oh my god! Yes. Well, I wonder where this yeah, is gonna you lead. Totally, you totally know. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Oh, like like five minutes into the movie, you've sort of seen the movie and you know it's lame, but there's like ninety minutes to go, and it's like a long, long, mm -hmm. slow road. Mm -hmm. Challenge. It was a challenge. Challenge. Gosh. Here's a challenge to you and a oh, challenge okay. to me. Let's say something nice about humans versus zombies. <laughs> Is there something okay. positive that I can dig out of this? Oh, gee. Um, uh, wow. Boobies. Boobies. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, yeah. I got nothing. No. So this is not a recommend. No, and it's not. Spoilers for the Ranker review. Yeah. I did not see a worse movie than this one. Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't just me. Okay. based off of another graphic novels. Now, I know this isn't technically Cowboys versus Aliens, but let's be real, it is. It's called Cowboys and Aliens. A clever mix with uh, Cowboys and Engines, as it were. Um, the interesting thing about this movie is that it's from John Favreau, 
who was hot off of directing the first two Iron Man movies for Marvel, which did big business and were well-received um, action spectaculars. So here he is going to follow this up, and he's got James Bond, and he's got Han Solo, and he's got um, uh, Olivia Wilde from uh, House, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. sort of creepily attractive, and yet someone must feed her woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, again, she's like Angelina Jolie. She might have been built in a lab somewhere. I'm not sure. (laughs) Not sure how this works. What genetic experiments are going on. Um, And it's actually full of people that I really like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Love Love me some Sam Rockwell. Uh, Clancy Brown. Like, just people show up left and right in Mm -hmm. this movie that I like. And um, I think that, for the most part, the special effects... And the sort of rendering of this Western environment and the sort of science fiction looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying for all this, do, do you think that it deserves its reputation? It was a big bomb. A lot of, a lot of people saw it in the theater and the mm-hmm. critics were unkind. Mm-hmm. Do you think it earns that? Um, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, well, maybe not a huge bomb. I wouldn't say it's a bomb. Um, but I think for the cast that they have and the you know the spectacular kind of um set design and costuming and all that kind of stuff um you kind of expect more from it and it didn't deliver in that way but it was still okay that's my thing too i think it's actually a decent movie Mm -hmm. but it's a bad movie when you consider the talent involved or it's at least a less good movie that so many people were involved in in creating this particular piece just Seems somehow unnecessary or somehow. Sam Rockwell is completely fine and adequate as the dude who's desperate to get his wife back, who's been kidnapped by aliens and has to prove himself a tough guy. But it didn't need to be Sam Rockwell playing that role. And this didn't need to be a $200 million budget. I know period pieces can be expensive, Mm -hmm. but, you know, Harrison Ford's not cheap. A big chunk of this movie would have been just getting your two main stars. Yeah. And uh, really, I think all these pieces could have been portrayed adequately by mm-hmm. different faces. Mm-hmm. I think at some point, your celebrity becomes so big. Once you are playing James Bond, once you have played Han Solo, it comes through. you stop being, you know, at some point, you're just a matinee figure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it would be even more impactful, or we'd feel more stakes if it wasn't these big super celebrities. That said, I can't bring myself to hate this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... I got it, I think, in the two for ten dollar bin at Walmart one day, and its journey from theatrical release to the two for ten dollar bin at Walmart was shockingly quick, but uh, I figured, you know, I'm an insomniac, and this will be bright and loud and hopefully worth five dollars, and I will say it is bright and loud and worth five (laughs) dollars. It really is. It really is. <laughs> but yeah. is that like a rigging endorsement? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Not really, right? Not really. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and I was a little, like, I don't know, as I was watching it, too, you know, you have Harrison Ford and you have Daniel Craig. And those characters, I think, um, they didn't really stand alone. Like, it was always, you're always getting, like, you know, Harrison Ford and Daniel Craig and James Bond yeah. and Indiana Jones or, you know, Han yeah. Solo. And that was always coming through. And it was it was kind of hard for me to separate that. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. I think that they tried the most amount of sort of gray area with the Harrison Ford mm-hmm. character. He was so hard as to sort of be pushing the line as a villain. But at the end of the day, 
he's looking after his people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he sentences a guy to death because he believes them to be lying to him about these aliens. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out he was wrong about that, and he's not going to be able to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting sort of other supporting roles mm -hmm. I wanted to bring up in this. Uh, we have our Canadian content, Adam oh, Beach, yes. Yes, who is sort of the surrogate son character mm -hmm. to uh, Harrison Ford, because his actual son, played by Paul Dano, is this whimpering oh, yeah. buffoon crybaby yeah. braggart yeah. jerk who we are designed to hate? And I don't know. Tano's really good at playing these sort of corrosive characters. Mm -hmm. so I feel like this is well explored material. But yeah. again, it didn't need to be Paul Dan. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I kind of found something a, a little bit condescending about the Adam Beach character. <laughs> okay. He was. The Indian guide, yeah, right? Yeah. This yeah, is not exactly breaking new ground, no. and he had his white father, and it caused him stress with the native folks, but yeah. he was key in helping them work to together, yeah, yeah. work together and build the gap. But yeah. once he'd played his role, he was expendable to the plot, so he could be killed exactly. off. Like, yeah. everything like this could have been written by a computer. Yeah. That said, I don't think Adam Beach sucks in this movie. I think no. he does everything that he's asked to do it's very true. well. It's true. <laughs> and I'm happy to see a Canadian amongst all of these <laughs> super celebs so yeah. good for him for getting to work mm -hmm. but again I just wish I could feel more <laughs> when a major yeah. character is killed off it should be no, and it, a moment right? yeah, it, yeah. and they tried to create that but it, it just didn't get me no, no. no. <laughs> um, I kind of like the creature design in this movie Okay. Um, we don't get to see a lot of the aliens up close until mm -hmm. sort of later in the movie but um it's interesting because they're definitely sinister and intimidating, yeah. and yet you kind of buy that they could maybe... They're maybe not worthy adversaries in the Cowboys, but the Cowboys do have the technology and the know-how to, to hit back. Right. One of the sort of things about the premise that I had questions about right off the gate, and mm -hmm. I think it's the major challenge of the movie, is... It's what possible chance do these guys riding horses and firing arrows and, you know, yeah. uh, firing their six shooters have against intergalactic space travel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't actually buy that at all. Like, I, as they set it up, you know, it, it seemed very um, extensive. Like, we need to get gather these people from over here and these people, oh, we're going to run it. And, it. and it just, it took so long to gather enough people to, you know, take on these aliens. And then... The aliens, with all their technology, somehow decided not to use their technology when they were fighting, you know, the cowboys. They would the fly out to the cowboys, but then stab them. Yeah. And I was like, come on, don't you guys all have these awesome bands? Like, <laughs> you know, the... Maybe they're like the predators, and they're, they're hunters, and they honor, they have yeah. a fair fight, and yeah. really get I that from it... them. They were conquerors. I don't know, I think it might have been yeah. a plot convenience. What I do you th think? Well, that, yeah, totally, it really was. <laughs> it really was, Yeah. Uh, and that was a little disappointing. I was talking about Olivia Wilde. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think she sucks. I think she's an okay actress, but I think she gets parts because she's beautiful. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. like, yeah. uh, and the fact that she can deliver the lines and not hit the furniture is good. But yeah. this is a weird thing with like these uber-attractive Hollywood starlets. There are like Hollywood starlets who are like, they're beautiful people, but I do believe they exist in the world. I would walk down the sidewalk and say, hey, there's a very beautiful person, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then there's people like Olivia Wilde. It's almost like ethereal. <laughs> like, yeah. where did this person come yeah. from? And I actually think that this movie kind of cleverly exploits this mm -hmm. because, she spoilers, yeah. 
she's not human. Ah, there we go. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, in a way, I thought that was kind of clever casting and, yeah. you know, uh, an excuse to show her naked. Yeah. Well, that was another thing. <laughs> okay. And that was the other thing. Like, I, there didn't need to be that whole, you know, semi-love relationship going on um, in this movie. I, 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 I didn't feel like it was required at all. I always come off as such a big, dumb man. But if you listen to this podcast, I agree with you almost all of the time. Yeah. Whenever there's, like, a relationship that's not sort of semi-essential to the plot. Yeah. Even sometimes when it is, I remember talking about it in The Terminator. That some of the least interesting scenes in The Terminator movie are Linda Hamilton hooking up with Michael Bean. Right. But at least in The Terminator, that's a plot point. Yeah. She needs to be impregnated with the savior of tomorrow. That needs to happen, exactly. right? It's not like humans versus zombies where there's a sex scene because <laughs> it's just... dictated that we need to have a sex yeah. scene in this movie yeah. for some freaking reason, right? <laughs> But yeah, in this one, it's it's more a revelatory scene mm-hmm. when she sh- she shows up because she shouldn't be alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that this is an entertainment on the level of like your superficial exploding stuff movies like Independence Day right. or or that ilk, the big blockbuster explosion mm-hmm. ilk. I think that. Part of the reason this movie didn't make a lot of money is because they spent too much money making it. I think they probably could have half the budget with just toning down the cast a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, you know maybe cutting one one action sequence out of the the, the, the fray. Yeah. Uh, keep it lean, keep it mean, and uh, you know maybe it would have been a fun surprise hit. But right. it, it, it was almost like it was so big it had to fail. This movie, you know. Yeah. John Favreau was just becoming a hit machine, and everything right. he touched was gold. And then, well, his hubris, his hubris must be punished. <laughs> That's right. <coughs> I, I was a little disappointed in the the actual aliens. I, I yeah. wanted, I want some, I wanted something a little bit more spectacular, um, and I, I didn't get that either. They are unmistakably CG. I will say that, mm-hmm. but I did find them intimidating. When you got to the up close, you were like, Ugh, ends up, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what you want, you I know. Guess. Uh, but they just didn't seem unique enough um, to me. Like when you think of you know aliens and predators, those are like those are great characters. They really put a lot of yeah. thought into what yeah, the creatures really did. were, and I just felt that these were lacking. And I do way. definitely agree with that. I think much more attention and much more love was put into the Western world. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't help but smile when a dude drops his drawers and starts squatting in the the river. While he's talking to his fellow friends. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. In such a casual way, you know. They kind of embraced the rough Western genre. For sure. But in a way, that's grounded in reality because it's something they can research and they can actually yeah. put their their hands to. Yeah. Whereas the aliens is a much less tangible exactly. thing. Exactly. Watch I, the movie or don't. That's where I land on this Yeah. Story. Well, I just wanted to add one more thing. I also felt that this movie was almost, like, divided in a way. Like, I super loved the beginning part of this movie and then I felt like the end part of it kind of drew on a little too long for me um so like I could vote yeah beginning part super awesome end part a little disappointing yeah I think this is pretty easy you know we gotta go get our people oh we found the alien base oh we've teamed up with the natives oh we found where they're keeping our people oh we come out victorious But it's oversimplifying it too because there's some good boo moments. There's some good oh, yeah. reveal scenes. Oh, there was some like really great comedic comedic yeah. parts in this. Yeah, it holds your attention. Like it does. Mm-hmm. Pops and popcorn, whatever. <laughs>
lesbians. What are you doing? Getting a life. You want to fight me for her? Why on earth would you want to do that? Because I'm in love with her. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Maybe next time we don't date the girl with 11 evil ex-boyfriends. Seven. Oh, that's not that bad. So Edgar Wright, as a director, as far as I'm concerned, has nothing to prove. I am super happy with Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Hot Fuzz as much as everybody else, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. And I liked World's End, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it, here we are, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. An interesting product and sort of him finally getting his hands on a lot of money to make a real spectacle. Uh, you could tell that he was capable of the spectacle, and he did great things with the minimal budgets in the past. But now he's got he's got some he's got some green to play with, mm-hmm. and he uses it effectively. Mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim versus the World is unarguably, I think, like a pretty visually impressive movie. Okay. How you take it in, or how how much these references mean to you, how deeply you are into the comic book, I will confess, I've never read one panel of the Scott Pilgrim home. This is my introduction to it, and apparently there are some major difficult, there are differences in uh, in, in nerd verse, we'll say. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting, because the nerds seem to love Scott Pilgrim versus the world. But, much like Cowboys versus Aliens, financially this was a devastating hit. They poured a lot of money, and I don't know if people were just sick of seeing Michael Sarah, or if it was because it was just released on the wrong date against some bad competition, but yeah. it floundered brutally in the box office. And I am here to add to the voice of the choir of people to say, that is a shame, because it is an epic entertainment. I, <laughs> like, I love this movie, I have to say. <laughs> Um, it's obviously the most different uh, genre of movie that we have of this list of movies. Mm-hmm. You'd be hard-pressed to call it a horror movie, but it is sort of fantastic. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, it's based on a graphic novel about a kid living in Toronto who was licking his wounds after a bad breakup and in a maybe not so smart relationship, an innocent relationship with a high school girl <laughs> with the yes. memorable name of Knives Chow. Yes, I love um, Knives. I just think she's a wonderful character. Then totally you do is. just fall in love with Knives. Oh, right? you totally do. Yeah. Um, and then he is also starts romancing this girl that he had a dream about with this bright purple hair. Yeah. He sees her and with the connection in the dream feels he must pursue. Mm-hmm. But she comes with some pretty, pretty serious baggage. <laughs> she has a lot of baggage. <laughs> in the form of the seven evil exes. Yes. Which he must face. Yes. I'm going to let you finish. Or let, at least I'm going to let you start. But okay. uh, I just want to say, the first time I sat down to watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, having no sort of background in the, the comic book or anything like mm-hmm. that, I didn't really fully understand what it was I was sitting down to watch. Okay. And for the first almost 25 minutes, half an hour of the movie, you're looking at a sort of reminiscent of John Hughes, maybe Juno-esque romantic comedy full of a lot of sort of quirky characters doing quirky, funny things, Mm -hmm. familiar. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember settling into this, oh, this will be fine. This will be nice. I can watch this movie yeah. and sort of forget it as I watch it. Right. And then all of a sudden, the movie all <laughs> just kicks into high gear. The first X shows up and you are treated to this bizarre <laughs> dance <laughs> spectacle fight yeah. scene. Yeah. And the movie just pulls out all the plugs, all the time floors, and you realize you're watching something where everything is on the table. Anything can happen at any moment yeah. and will. Yeah. And hang on, because it's going to be crazy. <laughs> and it is. And it's epically entertaining. And it's a hard thing to measure. And I don't think at any point, at any point, do they drop the ball. No. So I think the cat's out of the bag. That I'm a big fan. Yes. But I brought you to here to see what you think. <laughs> okay. So Scott Pilgrim versus the world, much like... Cowboys and Aliens, yeah. huge bomb. Does it deserve it? Oh, God, no. Mm. I loved this movie. I was like a kid in a candy store when I was watching it. You know, my eyes get big, and I'm like sitting on the edge of my like sofa. And I love this movie. And I've watched it quite a few times, mm-hmm. I have to admit. And it's one of those movies that I don't mind watching over and over and over yeah. again. Like, the, the movie clips along pretty good. Um, so it's one of those things where you can watch over and over again and be like, oh, I didn't notice that. Mm. Or, and, and there's such... You know, there's those little details that I think that they put into the the plot line that uh, relates back to the comic books or whatever. That if you are a super fan, you're picking up on all these little things, and I think that really brings it out for you yeah. as well. Yeah. You really get the feeling like there was an uncompromised vision. Like I know that apparently in the original story, he mm. does end up with knives instead of. Okay. Well, knives actually, she's pretty. She's way more yeah. awesome. Um, so, but that's a fairly significant change that, that, <laughs> that he is, doesn't end. It is. Well, at least it ends up ambiguous. He and Ramona are in an uncertain place, but they're walking a path together. Exactly. Uh, oh, yeah. right. And I think that's a more comfortable ending than him dating this high school girl. <laughs> yeah, who's inexplicably is. cool and has a heart as big as all outdoors. I know, right? <laughs> but she's her. still a high school kid, right? <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. I have to say, surprises me. Yeah. Because if anything about the lack of hype about the movie that lends some credibility is that I kind of get people get worn out on Michael Sarah because traditionally he has sort of played that same type. I'm awkward, mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's unlike the English version of Hugh Grant. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> so terribly sorry. Oh, this is so awkward. Yes. Oh my, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's not this. And yeah. in, in Scott Pilgrim in the World, he's definitely a, a hero. He, oh, he yeah. plays in a rock band. He's dating two girls at the same time. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, he's like... And he, he owns it pretty well. Like, yeah. for this lanky, skinny, nerdy-looking kid, like, yeah. all of a sudden you, you believe that he would have two girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, he's kind of a hero that you... You know, in some ways you kind of don't like because of those qualities, I think. You know, you want... You know, he's awesome at playing the guitar he's got all these great qualities but at the same time he is flawed and you mm-hmm. kind of think you know you kind of acting like a jerk right now yeah but he's like <laughs> it's this weird dude thing i don't know what yeah. it is the same thing with high fidelity and john okay, cusack yeah, yeah. that character ostensibly huge prick yeah. but we like him i know um well, i don't know <laughs> I, I, I don't have any answers for you yeah, but i'm no. just there i guess if you I'm fit into that niche if you're that type of cool guy, you can get away with being <laughs> yeah, an asshole. I guess. This is what we just like poked a hole in the fabric of existence here. But if you're cool enough, you can get away with being an asshole. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um, I also want to say, um, Winstead. What is it? Uh, 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That's why I couldn't remember her name, because she's got two of them. She plays Ramona. Oh, yes. Um, I really like her here. Like, um, I definitely get the appeal of her. Mm -hmm. um, I might not fully understand, you know, after the third or fourth ex shows up. Why, well, is he still fighting? Yeah. <laughs> like... I, guess, I think it's the dream. The fact that I, he well, actually saw her. Well, yeah, he has that her, connection. He saw her dream. in a dream, so yeah. he feels like he's got to be committed to all the way. But exactly. his fights get increasingly brutal. <laughs> and uh, a surprisingly good turn. turn. i got to, again, shout out for the Canadian content. Mm -hmm. Brandon Rouse. Uh, I said a sort of a rocky path. Uh, I think he's been successful. He's constantly working. But, you know, his Superman movie didn't do particularly well. And... Uh, mm -hmm. You know, a couple of the films that he's led have not done well, but I really like him as the super powerful vegan. Because vegans are so good that they can't <laughs> be punched because they're just better than the Everyone rest of else, them. I love that. It's it's priceless. It's yeah, it's so great. Strangely strong performance. Like it's <laughs> like the character is really one dimensional and smug, but yeah. it's it's played well. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. And the same will be said, I would say, for Chris Evans or Captain mm -hmm. America, mm -hmm. this is movie star who's really yeah. in love with himself. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I but, love all the exes. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I would be hard pressed to pick a favorite. Like, and there's uh, seven. Yeah, I know. I mean the. Jason Schwartzman's sort of the big bad, yeah. and like I guess that would be the default if you had to pick one, but yeah. they're all great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do have a least favorite ex. Okay. And it would be um, Matthew Patel. Oh, yeah? The first guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because of how strange he is. <laughs> He's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. But it's great because he can see he's counted as an ex even though like they were in grade five and they like hung out a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's That's still awesome. like this this huge important thing yeah. psychologically yeah. to him. Yeah. The other thing that we haven't really talked about is that the fights are sort of staged in a very video game yes. style mm -hmm. when the victor is victorious, the the, vill the vanquished explodes into coins. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming some of this stuff is reference to actual video games, but I was not a huge video gamer at the time, so I didn't really get all the direct references, but that's the great clever thing about the movies. The references are there, but they're also serving a purpose within the... You understand it as an yeah. effect, or an affectation of the movie. Exactly. You don't have to say, oh, that's from Double Dragon, or whatever they're referencing in a given scene. Exactly. So, you're not dependent on this history to be impressed by just the velocity and the ferocity of the movie. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Like, because I'm not a video gamer at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no problem getting through it and understanding all those. Like, there are little things that you know are connected to video games, but you don't need to know the background mm -hmm. of where they come from. Yeah, so that was great. I want to ask you about the mm -hmm. character. I can't remember the name of the, the character, but it's played by Kieran Culkin. Um, the gay friend. He, like, he, you know, he really shined out for me in this movie. He was one of my favorite characters. He's a very funny, likable character. Yeah, but he's there's funny. this thing that movies do. Okay. Where characters are just basically defined by their by sexuality. This, yes, okay. Um, I do think it's guilty okay. of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's fine. He's a it's a positive portrayal. There's no judgment of right. his lifestyle. And right. he's cool with it. And mm -hmm. everybody's cool with it. It's not an issue. Yeah. But... He does seem to, in some way or another, in every scene, announce, Oh, by the way, I'm gay. <laughs> yes, and you're that right That doesn't there. bother me again. I'm not trying to come up as homophobic. Yeah. Um, but to add another layer to this, yeah. almost always when you see this character portrayed and in this way, mm -hmm. it's a straight actor playing a gay actor. Yeah. And having worked as an actor, i got to tell you, there is no shortage 
of gay actors out there mm-hmm. in the world. And I always find it so interesting that they, you know, oh no, we'll t- cast this against know, type. Like, right? yeah. why? Why cast just cast a big gay dude? Then you could yeah. lose half of that dialogue and we would just sort of see just it in his it. mannerisms yeah. and who he was. It was yeah. There's something about that. And this is me looking really hard to find something to complain about. And it's not even a complaint because I got to say, I like Culkin in this role yeah. and I, I like the character. Yeah. Like, I, I do enjoy him, yeah. but I do also call it guilty of sort of being a familiar element in a movie that's just full of newness. Yes, yes. It really is. Yeah, and I totally agree with you there. Um, but I really like the relationship that they the two have, you know, their roommates and you know, they obviously care about each other and they're, you know, he's always, you know, giving advice and and I don't know, I just like their relationship in general mm-hmm. and how free and open it is. Um, yeah. So I liked it. So, what did you think of the climax of the movie? Okay. It's a triple climax mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's, it's an orgy climax yes, or something yes. like that. Because we have basically three, well, two and, a, and, and then a sort of false confrontation. Mm-hmm. We have Scott Pilgrim discovering the power of love yes. and using that to fight for Ramona right. and being vanquished. Yes. And then we have Scott Pilgrim finding the power of self-respect. Mm-hmm using that to fight his way to Ramona and becoming successful. Mm-hmm. And then the wild card scene. And I'm just going to put this out there. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It just sort of struck me as odd. He has to face off <laughs> against himself. Yes, yes. It's like this. And there's going to be this one more fight at the end of it. Yeah. And they clear the room. I have to do this myself. <laughs> and the girls go outside and they're waiting for calamity to ensue. Yeah. And then he walks out with his doppelganger and uh, like the high five. And he's, yeah. he's achieved inner peace. There mm-hmm. was no conflict. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, I get it. And it made me smile, made me laugh. And yeah. I'm going to just assume they pulled it directly out of the book. Yeah. But for me, it was almost like one sort of climax too many. Yes. I think that we had his free life. Once he got his free life and yeah. came back and was able to, to rescue Ramona, mm-hmm. that we kind of want to see... That's the sort of heroic win of the movie. Right. I disagree. Yeah. I liked the multiple climax. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I... Well, typically I do like multiple climax. <laughs> I don't want to misquote it here. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, it was like the moral of the story, right? And I, I like that they played it out in that way. And, you know, you know, seeing how, you know, he's starting to love himself. Because, you know, throughout the whole movie, he's very self-conscious of himself and I think they needed to show those steps of how he kind of overcome, you know, the difficulties or the, you know, insecurities he's had in himself. It's something that I can relate to, sort of getting yeah. locked into navel-gazing and depression yeah. and unwillingly and unwittingly sort of being insensitive to those around you. And they are very patient mm-hmm. and uh, because they know that you're going to find your way out the other side. Exactly. And in a way, you're right, that's more sort of the climax of the movie than whether or not he ends up with Ramona. Right. And uh, I, I guess I understand sort of... Inter- and it would be interesting to have that big fight and him not end up with either girl in mm-hmm. some way. Like the win was not achieving a girlfriend or rescuing a girlfriend yeah. or earning the love yeah it's it's all about self-love coming coming to terms with scott pilgrim <laughs> that's right uh so in the end is it yeah. really scott pilgrim versus the world or is it scott pilgrim versus himself Self. oh my god mind blowing <laughs> mind blowing <laughs> I, i'm just gonna hit stop <laughs> Amish, wake up he's martin jeff he'd move a bit quicker if it was dinner time 
Pardon? There's zombies everywhere. Zombie? What are you going on about? Oh, 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 it's a zombie. Oh, oh. Hi, Granddad. Boys, now you're talking my language. You gotta shoot him in the head. We know where to shoot him. There's a lot of Trafalgars out there. Trafalgar Square, Fox and Air, Leland Stitch, Abercrombie and Stitch, Abercrombie Zombie. Okay, so here comes our second zombie movie. Um, I think that this one acquits itself significantly better than the first. That said, if this was in a different list of movies or a different list of zombie movies, I wonder how high it would rank. But again, this is another case clearly of a very micro-budget zombie movie. I think they had a little bit of money to play with, but not a whole ton. But that has a much better understanding of what it is as a zombie movie. This is a zomcom. It's not a zom-rom-com. It's just a zom-com. <laughs> yes. We're going to see a zombie scenario, which is familiar. We're going to have a group of blokes, in this case, mm-hmm. you know, cockneys, surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, who were initially involved in a bank heist because they're trying to save their grandfather's uh, retirement home. But that gets interrupted by the zombie apocalypse. And it goes from, we got to get granddaddy some money, is we just got to go get and save granddaddy. Um... The movie moves fairly fast. I think that the actors, for the most part, are dealing with a slightly better script, yes. uh, but just generally are, are, are better on their game. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that it has some creaks and moans as far as like the execution. Some of the special effects are very CG for my liking, but if we're going to look at it on a list that contains movies like Humans vs. Zombies, <laughs> yes. this is brilliant by compare, yes, by contrast. In of itself, I think it is adequate, but I am more than willing to hear a second opinion. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, actually, I really liked this movie. Nice. And I don't know if it's because I had no you know, expectations at all of it. I kind of thought before I even put it in that it was going to be terrible. Right. So, so my mind, like I really liked it. I thought it was funny. Um, I liked the plot line. I thought... The dialogue and the characters were awesome, and um, I I really think it took like a, a kind of unique spin on the zombie plot in some ways. Yeah. So yeah, I was a fan of it, and surprised I was surprised myself yeah. that I liked it as much as I did. This is much like when I talked about humans versus zombies. Another one. This is and showed up on the shelves fairly cheap. I gave it a little bit more serious look because it's a British film. It's not you know from you know, some TV movie or, or some label never heard of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I like sort of the, uh, again, this is sort of true of most zombie movies, the initial stages where the outbreak is just starting to happen yeah. but people haven't caught on yet. Yeah. Um, and particularly sort of the revelation of the tomb or whatever it is that's dug the up. The plague pit. Yeah. Yes. The, the two guys go inside and uh, there's a bunch of bestial bones and the first zombie we see is like, 
barely functioning. You know, like it's like yeah. this, it's a skeletal, dirty, yeah. I had some problems rod with, puppet thing, yeah, with that. <laughs> but I liked like how far degraded that zombie was because I'm so used to just seeing people with a makeup splattered on their face. Walking how do they make a zombie like? How does that zombie even become animated? That's yeah. what I'm wondering. There's because no muscle had, tissue there. It had I don't get it. Been down there for so long <laughs> that it was barely a few more years, and it would just be a skeleton. Yeah, is what they were going for. But how does it take down two construction workers? Like I just don't understand well, that they, if they, it's that frail. That's why they cut to the exterior and we hear a scream because <laughs> okay. that's how he got them. Because he <laughs> okay. got them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because the zombie apocalypse had to start that. somewhere. Okay. <laughs> But it's interesting because we have another band of sort of people who, on the surface, should we like? I mean, it's nice that they care enough about their granddad that they're going to rob a bank, but it's kind of not cool that they're going to rob a bank. <laughs> the fact that he has at arm's length a crew of people, including this psycho with an iron plate Trace? in his head. No, Tracy's the gun. Right. Yeah, Mental Mickey. Sorry. Mental Mickey with, yeah. the, with the plate in his head and the, like, uh, what was it, a... Uh, like a, a container, a ship container oh, yes. full of weapons. Again, very convenient guy to know in a zombie apocalypse if you want to rob a bank. But mm -hmm. between his actions throughout the story, like, why else would you know this guy? Unless you, <laughs> you know, were in that world. Yeah. He, he was, like, working against the tide as far as how crazy he was. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was true. helpful in that he brought some guns, but other yeah. than that, he was mainly a detriment to everything right. that was going on. <laughs> it really was. Well, I kind of took it as, like, the, the Cockney culture, right? They were all somehow, like, criminals in some way. Like, even at the retirement home, a lot of the people that were there were, you know... They had I, a rough <laughs> charm, too. They, they did. They were former gangsters or drug dealers, yeah. you know, in this retirement home. And so, and even with the flashbacks of um, uh, the two main characters... Their parents, right? They, you know, there's that flashback where they, you know, they're taken on the police and stuff. So I think their family is immersed in that kind of criminal culture to yeah. some degree. So I, I believed the whole mental Mickey kind of. <laughs> they just knew that yeah. guy because he yeah. was in their world. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of. I also got to say from a plot point, and again, this is yeah. me looking for stuff to, 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 and it's not really criticism, it just occurred to me. Okay. One of the places that you don't want to go. When the zombies come. Just a zombie tip for when it okay, comes. Okay, okay. Old age homes. <laughs> okay. I actually would probably not go there. Yeah, I'd yeah. still be second to a hospital. Right, right, <laughs> but yeah. like, that's where dead people are. Yeah. Or people who are going to die. That's and true. you're sort of living in an environment where you're not going to be able to run to the store to get Betty her pills. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's actually... Probably one of the worst places you go. I guess yeah. I get the idea of let's go there and save Grandpa, but it's basically let's get there and stay with these old people and live with them. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a realist in this surreal world. I'm sorry, those yeah. old folks are not going to last very long in this new <laughs> in the new world order. It's <laughs> true, but it's you know this movie was all about family ties as well and yeah. how strong they were um, in their family and. There was no way that they could have left those people. You know, whatever flaws they have aside to the left and right, they were fiercely loyal to exactly, their own people. Exactly. Yeah. The rest of the world could live or die. Exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what. And I. Okay. I just have to say this is yeah a spoiler. I love like the slowest chasing ever. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a dude with a walker against a, a enfeebled zombie. Yeah. yeah. And slow mo. 
slow motion yeah that was i loved that that was great (laughs) and because of that you know the whole dynamic dynamic of having old people you you, he could play along with all those kind of things that old people have like you know hip problems and you know false legs and you know and that added to the comedy for sure yeah and added uniqueness to the movie movie for me yeah yeah um the sort of main cantankerous old man Mm -hmm. i'm trying to remember the name of the actor here and failing alan ford Mm -hmm. um (laughs) he has this sort of roughness to him where everything is sort of a punishment or a sarcastic remark or calling you dumb mutt or of course i thought of that you know there's something there's something about this weird grumpy charm I, i i sort of relate it to like george c scott the actor Dorothy Scott, whenever you see him, he's kind of got this... Rah, rah, rah. But beyond that, you kind of get the feeling like he's an okay dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kind of get the feeling like Ellen Ford was going there, but for me, mm-hmm. I still kind of thought he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I never got past the bark to the heart underneath. He just yeah. sort of seemed like a harsh fellow. Oh. And it's interesting because in a lot of ways, he's the anchor of the movie. He's the reason that all of this action is taking place, right? right? right. Um, and uh, because I had a low stakes in that character, when they try to do that big moment for him at the end of the movie where, oh no, he's going to sacrifice himself to save the rest of the group, yeah. but then he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, both the impact of him dying wouldn't have been that strong to me, but the impact of them thinking he was dead and then he shows up and he's okay, I was kind of like, uh, well, the credits are about to roll, we'll give it a pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But... I don't know. I don't think that that, that particular ca- character worked as well for me. Okay. But other things, we talk about obvious setup and smackdown in, in Humans vs. Zombies with the, I like to shoot you in the head. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's going. I love that Mental Mickey turns out to be this really problematic zombie. I love it. I <laughs> love it. He's got a metal plate in his exactly. head. They keep trying to shoot him in his head and the bullets keep deflecting. <laughs> you know, <it's> I, know. Like, <laughs> I love that. It's one of those things where they set that up and we should have seen it As coming. Told, yeah, but I, I didn't. Know. I was I like, oh yeah, the plate in his head. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> and I have yeah. not seen that before. I know, right? Well played. Yeah. So and that's, you know, you just moments like that. A few of those go so far to these low-budget movies, yeah. you know. A couple moments like that, I'm, I like, that's, you're, I'm on your side. I'm with you. And Cognitive vs. Zombies has enough of that to distinguish it that I'm not ashamed that it's on the shelf. Yeah. I mean, it's not one that's like, what's a zombie movie that I need to see? I'm yeah. not going to jump to Cognitive vs. Zombies, yeah. but I, I'm taking humans versus zombies off of the shelf now that it's been covered on rank and review i can't imagine another scenario where i can imagine it would be a good idea to put myself through it no so it'll be Don't like a gift it. on rank and review where someone goes zero for six i'll be like here have this it's your problem now <laughs> there we go <laughs> anyway uh is there anything else you would like to say about cockneys versus zombies no i think i'm yeah. um i i think it's it's worth a look it's not like I don't want to be I don't want to oversell it. No. But but if you're a zombie aficionado for sure. And I and I think you can tell the love that was put into this movie as well. Like, you know, they really wanted it to make be a great movie, you know, with the budget that they had. So yeah. I totally yeah, I recommend it. This story's all here. This whole thing was a trap. They're not hunting us. We're in the middle of a war. They're using us as bait. You're ugly! Son of a... 
All right. Here's a showdown that uh, I think was destined to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that they came to be independently. The Alien franchise, starting obviously in the late 70s with Ridley Scott's movie. And then later, um, some studio executives said, we need uh, Rocky versus, uh, Rambo versus E.T. Make your movie, right? And somebody spent some real time in designing this predator-hunter creature. And, uh, yeah, these were the two sort of big sci-fi horror stalwarts, especially of the 80s and 90s. And the day was going to come where these two would collide. (laughs) As, of course, it was a production nightmare to get the rights worked out, but finally they did, and then they spent a lot of time getting the script. Actually has a similar long and storied history with another versus movie that could well have been on this list freddy versus jason which had almost a decade of (laughs) pre-production leading up to that modern masterpiece here we have for a director is paul ws anderson Um, his big claim to fame being the resident evil franchise Mm -hmm. which is i guess i'm going to have to say guilty pleasure because it's big budget zombies but they're not good movies they're not not. good movies But I watched them. Yeah, but yeah. they're not good we, we, movies. We've all watched them. <laughs> but they're not great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's got a good visual aesthetic. You can, you can in any given one of his movies, there's going to be a sequence of special effects or of action or of fighting or of violence where you're going to say, good show. Mm-hmm. But I almost kind of feel like he's a better served as a video director or a second unit action sequence director than as sort of a main, which is unfortunate because he seems to have a movie out a year. He's a prolific guy. Mm-hmm. He would not have been my first choice is what I'm getting around to saying right. for Aliens vs. Predator. Right. He's apparently a big fanboy and he sold them on the concept that they'd had been looking at so many treatments and he came in the room and with a few words talked them into this movie. Wow. Get on him. Yeah, I guess he yeah. got the gig, and if I could get this gig, I would have taken it too. <laughs> For sure. Did you have? I'm going to sort of start okay. with like the same way we started with, with Godzilla and Frankenstein. Do you have a dog in this fight? Is there somebody that you're cheering for? Is there an alien that you prefer in okay. this show? Well, of course, like you know, it's like with King Kong and Godzilla. You always kind of side with the one that's more humanoid. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I side with the predators. I'm just Agreed. yeah, instinctually. That being said, I do love both of them. Yes. I think that as a movie franchise, as spotty as the Aliens franchise has been, mm-hmm. it's kind of a stronger franchise overall than Predators. Yes. But I think as a creature design and as sort of a concept for a monster or an adversary, mm-hmm. Predator is wicked cool. Yeah, I like them. I can put my crazy sort of, you know, pseudosexual shrink hat on. Okay, so let's get ready for this. Here we go, here we go. Okay. The alien, hive creature, the Mm -hmm. queen alien is typically considered the biggest threat. Yes. Sort of a female, vicious creature. Mm -hmm. But it has this extendo, shooty, phallic penis thing that shoots out of its mouth. Oh, is that what you see? That's that's what I see because I'm a big dung male. (laughs) Okay. And then I look at the predator, which is a very male macho hunter creature. he's got muscles. And he's going to hide up in the trees and he's going to shoot you with his lasers Mm -hmm. and he's going to skin trophies. Right. And he's got this sort of folding, undulating vagina face. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you that. So (laughs) it's kind of interesting because we have a male figure with a vagina face and a female Uh, figure with a penis face. Yes. 
fighting in okay. this movie. Yes. Okay, I'll throw away the Dr. Freud hat. <laughs> okay. But it's a thought that occurred to me like a long time ago and wow. I just needed to unburden it okay. and I use this podcast as a I platform. will never look at them the same way again. Alien versus Predator <laughs> is penis mouth versus vagina mouth. Okay. Woo! All right. <laughs> just clear in the air. Um, I think you just uh, ruined it for I me now. Like the whole movie. Um, I'm a Predator guy. I like the Predator. Yeah. I, I, again... Uh, it's not personal with Predator. He's hunting you for a trophy, and he likes a fair fight. He won't shoot somebody who's sick or who is pregnant or who is unarmed. Mm-hmm. That's established in the sort of mythos. Whereas right. an alien just wants to kill you or else make you use you as a vessel to make other aliens. Exactly. So no, I'm not going to cheer for them. Right. But once again, going back to our first review with King Kong vs. Godzilla, mm-hmm. I kind of got tired of seeing all my Predators dying like punks in this I movie. Know. <laughs> it's again largely a one-way beating but they're junior predators yeah this is this is a cool i guess we should mention the plot yeah such as it is <laughs> okay. um there's been discovered frozen beneath the ice mm-hmm. a pyramid mm-hmm. and we find out that the pyramids were actually built by predators and they're not just tombs for ancient pharaohs they're actually used as basically Rites of passage, uh, sort of test of manhood for predators. They send them into these uh, pyramids, release aliens. And either the aliens escape the pyramid and take over the world, or the predators fight the aliens to the death and prove themselves worthy. Mm-hmm. Actually, on a premise level, as a way to tether the two series, it's kind of not horrible. I didn't think it's far-fetched, uh, undoubtedly, and I think them trying to tie Lance Henriksen back into it with the Bishop character yes. was a reach, yes. especially considering how much they, this was happening in modern times in mm-hmm. 2002 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So to, to connect it to the Aliens movies was going to be a stretch in any route. Right. But they just had Lance Henriksen because they wanted a person to tether themselves to the, to one of the franchises, exactly. and that's all actually. Yeah, whatever. I like Lance Hedrickson fine, yeah. but he has not much to do no. in this movie. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, a bunch of humans find the pyramid and they show up just perfectly timing to cue off the cycle with the aliens mm-hmm. and the showdown. The few people who weren't infected by the aliens are caught in the middle. Right. That's basically the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand in a movie with these two big characters, we're there to see the aliens and predators fight. Right. But neither of them really have a voice. So mm-hmm. we have to lock in with some characters. Exactly. And we are allowed to know one. Yes. And I think it's a problem. It, it definitely. <laughs> it definitely is a problem. Um, and I'm, I'm actually going to... Sorry, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Go, go, go. Um, into the setting that they chose for this, which is Earth. Yeah. Um, and I understand that because they don't have voices, you kind of want that human aspect in there, right? Yeah. Um, however, you know, with previous movies, like I think it was Predators, right, where yeah. humans were actually criminals sent to the Predator planet, yeah. um, I think that would have been a much better setting where we actually saw aliens and predators fighting over, like, planets yeah. instead. Very different setting. And for some reason, you know, there could be humans there investigating a new planet as well. That's the thing, because you like the idea of seeing the alien homeworld or the predator homeworld or whatever that would be, but what would that movie be? I mean, like maybe you could make some masterful art cool. piece where where we no humans fit into it and we just right. sort of take it in, but 
Shit, that would be an ambitious, impressive thing to try and pull off. And Paul W. Sanderson does not have that in his... in yeah. it, you know. But you know, Predators in this movie, too, they truly try to bring out the whole culture aspect of it. Yeah. And, you know, because of that, you know, they could, you know, take some... I don't know, try and, and work it that way. I don't know. I do feel like if, if there's a war going on between humans and aliens and Predators... Yeah. That... There could be a way that you could talk to the predators. Yeah. There might be some form of table where you could sit at and and maybe work out a treaty or borderlands or whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's no conversation to be had with the aliens. <laughs> it's true that. All they have to say is... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and that yeah. makes them scary. But well, yeah. Scary, but, but it also mm-hmm. makes them a sort of one note. Uh, going to my Freddy vs. Jason analogy, the aliens kind of fill in the, the Jason role. Jason doesn't speak, so Freddy has to do all the talking. And, mm-hmm. um, the, the Predator is given much more personality. But much like the humans that we have involved in this system, we are allowed to get to know one. Yes. The others die like punks. <laughs> they really do. And, oh, th- that's one thing that got me too. Like, um, in the plot, they're, they're gathering all these scientists to go investigate this pyramid. And so you have these great minds, right? Yeah. They don't ever get to do what their special is. They don't actually even talk about what their specialty is. Per Half se. of that tomb was there to drill a hole in the ice, yeah. and when they got there, there was a hole drilled for them. <laughs> exactly. Like, that was the plot had, point in the movie. They didn't even need to go there. No. At all. Well, they didn't know they didn't need to go there till they got there. To be fair, but still, once they were there, we might as well. Well, I guess my crew can go. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Do yeah. we still get paid for this gig? Well, and the chemical engineer that was in this movie, he needed a soil sample to date the pyramid. Yeah. He didn't need to go down there and die. No, oh, someone could get that for <laughs> Exactly. Him. Yeah. Ewan Bremner mm-hmm. is a Scottish actor. He played Spud famously oh. in well, Train Spotting. The chemical engineer. That's the chemical engineer mm-hmm. character. Um, basically, all they do is make sure they remind us that he has kids at home and people who love him, so that we will care more when he dies. But it didn't help at all. But it sucks because I like that actor, and I think that there was almost something good happening there, but we didn't get enough of it. Yeah. And we have to confess, for a group of super smart scientists, they really don't make smart decisions. (laughs) I understand they need to inject a human element, but that human element needs to be interesting and not just lambs for the slaughter. I understand the movie is about aliens versus predator, but give us a little bit more. Yeah. But to get nicer talking about it, because I feel like I've been a little bit mean. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I do think superficially in a sort of C plus, not an A plus manner. It delivers on the promise of the title. Mm-hmm. There is a protracted scene of a big fight between a, a predator and an alien, and it's pretty badass. And once the fight reaches the surface and the stakes get higher, I mean, you know, there's, it delivers the promise. Mm-hmm. But, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the the properties are just so big in, in, in geeks' heads that it just couldn't be me and Matt. There's just... I can't help but feel this movie is a disappointment. It's not as much as a disappointment as its sequel, Requiem, which was a full-on debacle, okay. I think. Um, but it just... There, I, when I was a kid, I read comic books. You know, yeah. Alien Earthworlds and Alien vs. Predator, all these yeah. Dark Horse comic books that uh, you couldn't even do. And a lot of them involved characters that were subsequently killed off in movies. Yeah. But that were way more interesting and way more diverse and way richer in character than yeah. this. Yeah. And I guess I'm just 
saying I'm disappointed that it took this much time and this much effort and this much care because it looks good mm -hmm. and the like the the pyramid set and the predators and the awesome. aliens yeah. brilliantly rendered. Yeah, I agree. It's good, but it could have been fantastic. And that's the sort of thing where it gets frustrating, where you see, like, this is an okay movie, but it's so close to being a really good one. Well, even the fight scenes alone, where I think they could have been a lot more creative, um, it seemed like a lot of the, even the human deaths were, you know, off, sh off screen. Yeah. You know, you didn't see, I wanted more gore. I yeah. wanted more gore and unique deaths. And I just didn't get that, yeah. and I was disappointed. It's even even with the chest bursting scene, like like we like, know uh, that the aliens yeah. are going to burst out of their chest, and and the movie knows that we know, mm -hmm. so that we're not even privy to it. No. And and there is something weird about the life cycle of the alien. In the first movie, it seems to at least take a few days <laughs> for the alien to go from baby alien to full size. It's quick, but it's not. This really seems like it pops out of their chest, and then within a few minutes, is fully grown. Yes. Um, but again, these are sort of nerdy. What part of the Enterprise would the warp drive be right. located in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, if I want to get into that minutia, okay. <clears throat> I do want to say I go into this movie wanting to like it. Mm -hmm. And I give it like a moderate pass. But mm -hmm. again, it's hurt by what it could have been more than by what it is in some ways. I totally agree with you there. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. Anything else you want to say about Aliens vs. Predator? I do have one more thing that Brilliant. I want to say. Um, this is just me... No. Trying There's to nothing think wrong. that they could have made this better. And it, it, even if they did choose Earth as their setting, yeah. they even have that flashback to a much better fight <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Where they have the predators at the top of the pyramid and all these aliens swarming towards them. And I was like, I want to see that movie. Why not the predators trying to stop an alien invasion in ancient <laughs> Egypt? I know. Bring that was it. the movie I wanted to see. Bring it. Apocalypto meets aliens versus predator. Let's see it. <laughs> Got through six versus movie. I think yeah, we're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. We're still friendly. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, okay, so at this point, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you to rank these movies, and uh, it's exciting now. This is where you can get the nerves up because prizes are at stake. You can walk. You, you can walk away from this uh, an award winner. Okay. So, um, and much to the ire of our current champion, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. So uh, I'm fascinated to hear okay. what was your least favorite of these movies and why. Well, I don't think this is a a big surprise. Um, it's humans versus zombies. What? I know. <laughs> Do I really need to explain why at this point? Because it sucks. Ass. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yes. Um, Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'll continue on uh, with number five. I actually put Aliens versus Predators there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it just... Um, plot, I felt, was a little too weak for me, and the fight scenes just didn't bring it. I mm. wanted more fight and more gore. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, number four was Cowboys versus Aliens. Okay. Um, because it was a little bit stronger in plot, um, yeah, I, I just had to put it there. I don't know. I have no really great reason. Right. Okay, number three was King Kong versus Godzilla. I found it very entertaining. Wow, I'm, I'm impressed that they made it to the top half <laughs> of your know. list. I know. Well, you know, the tree 
shoving down God's yeah. face. It really kind that, of saw that me. That plunger move was pretty amusing. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> and I, 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 I appreciate that. You know, it was good. And number two was Cockneys versus Zombies. I just, wow, I was nice. really surprised how much I really liked that movie. And number one, Scott Pilgrim, of course. Nice. Yes. Well, I'm afraid you're I'm not, not walking away with the prize today yeah, in either category. Um, we agreed on the top and bottom. <laughs> that, <was about laughs> that is all. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, just give me a second here while I put them in the order they are deserving. Or, so you think. Oh, so I think. <laughs> yes. According to host and rounded Canadian Larry <laughs> yes. Burson. Uh, yeah. Uh, you did a good job. I, I'm not really going to fight you too deeply on the, the list. The two things that I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. we agree on. Okay. I'm passionate about the fact that Humans vs. Zombies was the worst movie on this list. <laughs> yes. A lot of the times I will give a conditional pass to like, especially low budget horror movies, zombie movies. It's like, you know what? This is handmade by a bunch of people who just wanted to make a movie and they put their hearts in it. So give it a look. Just put your expectations on low. Mm-hmm. This one I will say hide. Run away and hide. <laughs> if someone gives it to you as a gift, take it as an insult. You know, it's coming down from my shelf. And I have shitty movies on my shelf. So bad humans mm-hmm. versus zombies. Uh, but all the way in fifth place for me is where I put King Kong versus really? Godzilla. Wow. I don't know how much rewatchability this movie is going to have for me. Yeah. Like, I, I, King Kong is not rendered particularly well, and he's my boy. He's one of like my big creatures that I loved, and he won the fight, arguably. I think in the end, although he got really, the I thought shit, it was more of a tie. He got the shit kicked out of him for a while, then he got superpowers yeah. for some reason, and then blasted Godzilla yeah. away. And last we see, Godzilla just vanishes, and, and yeah. last we see, King Kong's alive and well, swimming to the open sea for some reason. Anyway, I don't know. It's an is what it is movie, like I mm-hmm. said. If you're wanting to have a, make a drinking game out of it, or if you're wanting to, you know, pop some popcorn and so bad it's good, goofy night, mm-hmm. for sure. But as like a serious movie, I don't know. I think that. <laughs> It's not, time has not been completely kind to it okay. in my, in my humble opinion. Okay. Now we get further controversial. Oh my God. Because all the way in fourth place is Cockneys really? vs. Zombies. Oh, I totally disagree. Uh, um, I mean, it's a fun, charming zombie movie, yeah. but, uh, there's, we live in an age where zomcoms like this come out regularly. And I don't, I mean, a few fun scenes and moments aside, it's, it's not, it doesn't stand out from the crowd la- loudly. There's. There's other better zombie movies than this, but there are far worse. Mm-hmm. So it's worth a look. Mm-hmm. It's worth a look. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would rather watch that, Cockneys vs. Zombies, three times in a row, uninterrupted, than watch Humans vs. Zombies again once. Mm-hmm. At the risk of overstatement, I'm not a fan of Humans vs. Zombies. All the way in third place, <laughs> I put Aliens vs. Predator. Okay. Um, maybe this is my little kid fanboy because I do love both franchises independently so much and that I wanted this movie to be good. And like I say, it's like a C plus, maybe even a C minus review. But it's got spectacle and, and it delivers on its promise in a way that, you know, I think that, that, that it's better than, than Godzilla vs. <laughs> King Kong, but that's All me. Right. I think that it's an interesting thing to compare, though, because as the years go by, once this movie is yeah. like 40 years old, look at it then and yeah. see how, how well it you know, matches up to King Kong vs. Godzilla, because maybe I will be cackling at it by that <laughs> point, right? All the way in second place, and this seems like it would be 
really? way too high, but I'm wow. putting uh, Cowboys versus Aliens. But again, I got it after everybody had said it had sucked, and I was just sort of basically watching it oh. to keep myself awake one night. And I something about going in with your expectations low, I, I think that really made me enjoy the movie more. And again, this is a three-star review, right? Because the only truly excellent 10-star essential movie yeah. that you need to watch before you die, if you're into movies even a little bit, is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes. Controversial statement. I love me some Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I think I love me Scott Pilgrim more. I do I think that this well. may be Edgar Wright's finest hour. I think so, too. And speaking of somebody who loves zombie movies as much as I do, mm-hmm. and who holds Shaun of the Dead in such high esteem... Mm-hmm. I would have never predicted that when I sat down to watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And uh, at this point, as far as I'm concerned, he's already proved himself to be completely... I will watch whatever his next project is, right? Um, And he has nothing to prove after Shaun of the Dead. And he's making better movies. So, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, this was the list with Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and a bunch of other movies. (laughs) It really was. It really was. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm sorry no I can't send you away with a prize, but no, uh, okay. uh, if you're not too traumatized by it and you want to try another one, we can do this again. Okay. And now I'm, but this time, see, I'll know where. This is probably the longest conversation we've had in our lives with yes. each other this, mm-hmm. this night. But uh, see, now I'm getting an idea of where yeah, you're at. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be ready for next time. Okay. Um, I was just going to bother you with one more thing here. Yes. Since it's versus, since this is all based on conflict and scrapping. What would you give if you had to give an award for the best fight in this movie? The best fight? Oh, Cowboys versus Aliens, I'm some climactic showdown. There's all, all sorts of fights with Scott Pilgrim doing cool work. Um, That's true. The Aliens versus Predator fight's very well executed. Um, it's, you know, I, again, sorry, at that I point, I, to, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't mean to rest you, I'm just sort of re with the names. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, you see, you're the guest, so I. The ball is in your court. <laughs> Even if I disagree with it, this will be a Jerry Award-winning movie. So if you say that Cockney versus Zombies is the best fight, then uh, I just gotta eat that. You just gotta eat that. I mean, hey? that's, Demi Moore is a Jerry Award-winning actress. Yeah. Well, it was for for worst well, performance, to be fair. But. I do have a special place in my heart for Mental Mickey with the grenade in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. The final dispatchment of Mental Mickey. <laughs> Yes. Finally, just have to just blow his shit up. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Yeah, right. I'm gonna go with that. Cockneys versus Zombies is a Jerry Award-winning film. <laughs> That's Sorry. the level of power you wield wow. when you come to rank and review. Okay. okay. Thank you so much, Anita. <laughs> Thank you. And there goes episode forty-seven. It's gone, it's in the wind, it's behind us. Uh, I'd like to once again thank Anita Masse for uh, being here for this episode and uh, for being brave enough just to try something that was out of her comfort zone. Uh, Hopefully I can convince her to come back and try it again. And hopefully I can convince my listeners to please like the Facebook page, please give a positive review on iTunes. Please find another movie geek in your life. Tell them about the podcast. Spread the word so we get more ears listening to this show. This is your host and random Canadian Larry Parsons. Thank you guys so much for supporting Rankin Review.